Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. If you're an American and you've ever had a conversation with someone from another country about the weather, you've probably been a little confused when he or she said that the afternoon temperature is a nice 21 degrees. To you, that might sound like a chilly winter day, but to them, it's a pleasantly warm springtime temperature. That's because virtually every other country throughout the world uses the Celsius temperature scale, part of the metric system, which denotes the temperature at which water freezes as zero degrees and the temperature at which it boils as 100 degrees. But the U.S. and a few other holdouts, the Cayman Islands, the Bahamas, Belize, and Palau, cling to the Fahrenheit scale, in which water freezes at 32 degrees and boils at 212. That means that the 21 degrees Celsius temperature that we previously mentioned is the equivalent of a balmy 70 degrees Fahrenheit in the United States. The persistence of Fahrenheit is one of those puzzling American idiosyncrasies, like how the U.S. uses the word soccer to describe what the rest of the planet calls football. 
So why is it that the U.S. uses a different temperature scale, and why doesn't it switch to be consistent with the rest of the world? There doesn't seem to be a logical answer, except perhaps inertia. Americans generally seem to distrust the metric system. A 2015 poll found that just 21% of the public favored converting to metric measures, while 64% were opposed. It might make more sense if Fahrenheit was old school and Celsius was some modern upstart, uh, sort of the new Coke of temperature. But in reality, they were created only about two decades apart. Fahrenheit was created by its namesake, a German scientist named Daniel Gabriel Fahrenheit, who in the early 1700s was the first known person to design alcohol and mercury thermometers that were both precise and consistent, so that any two of his instruments would register the same temperature reading in a given place at a given moment, thanks to his working skill in managing glass. When Fahrenheit started out, the key thing he was interested in was coming up with the same temperature reading all the time, not comparing temperatures of different things or different times of day. But when he presented a paper on his system for measuring temperature to the Royal Society of London in 1724, he apparently realized that he had to come up with a standard temperature scale as well. We spoke with Don Hilger, a research meteorologist at Colorado State University's Cooperative Institute for Research in the Atmosphere, and also president of the U.S. Metric Association, a group that advocates conversion to the metric system. He explained, basically, the Fahrenheit scale was devised with zero as the coldest temperature for a mix of ice and salt water, and the upper end was thought to be body temperature, approximately 96 degrees Fahrenheit, making a scale that could be progressively divided by two. This resulted in the freezing melting temperature being 32 degrees Fahrenheit, not a very useful number. The boiling temperature for water was then set at 212, again, not a very useful number. The two temperatures are 180 degrees apart, again, a multiple of two. Nevertheless, the system apparently sounded pretty good to officials of the British Empire, who adopted Fahrenheit as their standard temperature scale, which is how it eventually became established in the American colonies as well. Meanwhile, though, in 1742, a Swedish astronomer named Anders Celsius came up with a less unwieldy system based on multiples of 10, in which there was precisely a 100-degree difference between the freezing and boiling temperatures of water at sea level. The neat 100-degree symmetry of the Celsius scale made it a natural fit for the metric system, which was formally developed by the French in the late 1700s. But the English-speaking world nevertheless clung stubbornly to its preference for awkward units such as the pound and the inch, and Fahrenheit went along for the ride. But finally, in 1961, the UK Met Office, then called the UK Meteorological Office, switched to using Celsius to describe temperatures in weather forecasts in order to be consistent with other European countries. Most of the rest of the world soon followed suit, with the notable exception of the U.S., where the National Weather Service still publishes temperature data in Fahrenheit, even though its own staff long ago switched to Celsius. Hilger explained, The NWS is catering to the public by reporting in degrees Fahrenheit, whereas much of their operations, such as forecast models, use degrees Celsius. And for most automated weather observations, the temperatures are recorded in Celsius as well. Should we choose to go metric in weather reports, the Fahrenheit layer that's now added for the U.S. public could be removed. We also spoke via email with Jay Hendricks, who heads the U.S. National Institute of Standards and Technology's Thermodynamic Meteorology Group. He points out that the Fahrenheit scale does have one significant advantage. Quote, it has more degrees over the range of ambient temperatures that are typical for most people. This means that there's a finer grain temperature difference between 70 degrees Fahrenheit and 71 degrees Fahrenheit than there is between 21 degrees Celsius and 22 degrees Celsius. 
since a human can tell the difference of one degree Fahrenheit, this scale is more precise for the human experience. On the other hand, though, the advantage goes away if a fractional temperature in Celsius is used. Hendricks explained, For example, the equivalent Celsius temperature for 70 and 71 Fahrenheit are equivalent to 21.1 and 21.7 degrees Celsius. Today's episode was written by Patrick J. Kiger and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other topics that humans are sensitive to, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.